This is Ali Ciardo, and this is Photo Field Notes, stories and inspiration from professional photographers. Hi, everybody. It's Ali Ciardo. Uh, you might have realized, if you listen to this every week, that I did not post this when I said I would. Uh, as it turned out, I had how many? Six weddings this month and 15 sessions and I lost my grandpa. So it was a little bit crazy and kind of my own personal lesson, I think, in work-life balance. So anyway, I'm back. And today's episode is definitely unique because Mikkel, who you might remember, Mikkel Milrad from Mikkel Page Photography, who I interviewed a few weeks ago, decided to turn the tables on me and interview me. So today you're going to hear my story. So let's jump in. Hi, so this is Mikkel Page Photography, Mikkel Page Milrad, interviewing Ali Ciarto today. So I'm going to turn the tables on you a little bit. I thought after you had interviewed me and it was so enjoyable, I just had so many other questions for you because I know a little bit about your background and um, especially after meeting you at WPPI, but through another forum that we had previously talked about um, that we can, of course, go through again, um, and just your adventures with Jeff, your husband, and now your amazing little girl. Um, Yeah, I just thought that it would be so amazing for people to hear kind of how you came to be in this and have all the amazing ideas you have. So um, let's start when you were born. Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> skip, skip the first, um, you know, 22 years. <laughs> fast forward to the year 1990-something. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I know, you know, and you can start wherever you want, but I know that you had done wedding photography and you also have a really successful um, side business with Jeff that maybe is a side business in my mind, but might be, you know, your main kind of bread and butter or your interest. But I know you guys are business people through and through and you always have amazing ideas you follow up on. So kind of tell me like where it all started. I don't know if that's you know, before meeting Jeff or while meeting Jeff or where your passion for photography came into play and how that kind of plays into your beginning of the story, I guess. Okay, sure. Yeah, I'll just start at the beginning. I It's it's funny, actually, being on the side because I talk to people and a lot of them are like, oh, I've been, you know, I knew I wanted to do this or they stumble across it. Everybody has a really different story. And I feel like I have this really weird story <laughs> of my photography career. I actually went to Michigan State and I studied advertising and digital media. And there was a little bit of photography involved there. But I ultimately thought that I was going to like be a creative director and I was going to make billboards and I was going to make, I don't know, I was going to be like this creative designer, but not necessarily photographer. I wanted to work for an ad agency in Chicago or New York. And I graduated from college and I moved to Chicago and actually ended up getting a job in a PR agency, kind of working on the digital team in a PR agency. And I felt like my whole life was you know, absorbed into this job. And I I generally, I liked the job. All my friends were basically at the job, but I was like, I really want to be a part of the Chicago community. I didn't feel like I was involved in enough things. And so a year after, I'm trying to remember, I actually think it was before, so I was dating Jeff, my husband now, and it was a long distance relationship. And I think I was kind of like, oh, I need something, like I need a hobby. <laughs> so I <laughs> enrolled at the Chicago Photography Center, which is the most amazing organization ever. It's a nonprofit in Chicago. 
and they teach classes to basically whoever wants to take them just to the community and they they're taught by professional photographers and they're really great classes like I want to say some of these classes are better than college classes that my friends were taking in photography where they were kind of just like oh it's like they'd like give them feedback on like you know oh I just don't like it like why but they weren't even learning the technical skills and this was it started with this really strong technical foundation. And then we would also have, so we would have like class time where we would learn. I remember like the very first hour learning about shutter speed and being like, Oh, okay. Like this makes sense. And then we would go into the lab. So it would be twice a week. We'd go into the lab and we would print our work. And it started out like you could only do black and white because it was really focused on the basics. And then the more advanced class was focused on color Mm -hmm. and, and so forth from there. So it was just, like I was immediately hooked and it was a weekend class. So I was still working full time in PR and I would, I would print. So we had access to these amazing printers and I like, you know, so I take every class, like I take the flash class and I take the advanced class. Um, and I take like the wedding boot camp, and I would print out my pictures and I would pin them up in my cubicle at work because <laughs> I was like, I need some art. So I would pin up my own work. Yeah. And absolutely. people would walk by and be like, oh, wow, are these, is this your work? And so we'd t- start talking about it. And eventually people were like, well, can I hire you to take pictures for my family? And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I started doing a little bit of that, but it was still just like, you know, it was just for fun. And it actually completely terrified me to, to be shooting people, like taking money for it. But, you know, they were all really supportive and it was a big PR agency with a lot of families and just like a lot of women and they were really excited to support me. So um, fast forward a little bit and see a couple of things kind of coincided. I ended up starting my own business, which actually for about four years was my main business, like was my main income. So we were actually running this kind of marketing market research company, Jeff and I and another friend. And it was like a multiple six figure, like pretty successful business with employees. And so photography really kind of was like, I don't even want to say it took a backseat, but it was like my alter ego. So it was this thing that I just did that was completely different where, you know, it wasn't necessarily about the money. It was still really about the art. So I called up, still living in Chicago, I called up this guy after I took the wedding boot camp. I called up this guy and I was like, I basically like, I don't know where I found him online or the knot or something. And I was like, hey, can I be your assistant shooter? Like, can I work with you in weddings? And he was like, he was like, yeah, probably. Um, you know, come in and meet me. And so I met with him and he gave me this like big binder of advice and things like that to get me started. And he's like, okay, well, you need to come audition. So I had to basically audition for free, like, like work with him on a wedding for free where I was the third assistant. Well, like, I guess second assistant, I was the third person, second assistant, where it was kind of like carrying bags. And I did get to take pictures, though. And he gave me his light and he really like I had learned a little bit about off-camera lighting, but he taught me a ton about off-camera lighting. So in it, I kind of went on shooting with him and I would get paid like maybe 10 or $12 an hour. So I was, mm-hmm. I was working with these like huge clients during the week on my business. And then on the weekend I was like <laughs> lugging bags and making like peon. $10. Yeah, it's totally <laughs> different, but I still loved it because, and he was he was shooting these like amazing weddings in Chicago and I probably would have done it for free because he was after every wedding, he would sit down with me and he would go through my work and he would give me critiques and feedback. And that's not something that you really get 
a lot of times when you second shoot. No. Plus, I mean, that time is money and that like essentially, even if he's not paying you money, that costs money for him to sit down yeah. and do that because he's not doing something else. Yeah. Plus, they had to like weed through what was probably some, some terrible work from me. <laughs> As I'm sure in the beginning, he was like, oh. <laughs> but he was like, yeah, he gave me a ton of feedback and I learned so much about he was he would shoot like covers of bridal magazines and he would do this really, really like high-end editorial work and really high-end weddings. So he was technically trained. Like he'd been doing, he'd shot, you know, over a thousand weddings and he just, he knew his stuff cold. So it was really a cool experience to be able to kind of like, I kind of call it like my apprenticeship period. And yeah. then, mm-hmm. so, you know, so keep in mind this whole time I'm, I'm working this other company. So then I go to this barbecue at a friend's house and her kind of like mutual friend who I had never met was getting married. And I want to say her wedding was in like two weeks or a month. It was, it was coming up and she was still looking for a photographer. And I was like, I'm a photographer. And I basically was just like, I'll shoot your wedding. And I didn't know what to charge. So I charged her $500 and, um, which actually like, you know, I think I did a pretty good job. I knew my lighting and it was at Carnival in Chicago, which is this really cool venue. Um, and it was like completely, completely dark so you had to light it so I think I did I did a good job but there were so many things I didn't know like bring enough batteries and so like my batteries were overheating because I wasn't (laughs) I was just using my flash and now I use alien bees but I was like just using my flash and I didn't have any external power source and they were overheating and I was like charging batteries in the back (laughs) and so it all worked out but I was like wow I have a lot to learn and I also did not put in the contract that I needed to be fed and I dragged yeah. Jeff I dragged Jeff along to help me shoot the well actually just to like help me carry stuff and like be there as my support and the food was like it looked amazing and I know we totally could have eaten it but I hadn't even thought to ask so we're just looking at it starving like oh <laughs> so I immediately yeah, I'm sure if you asked they would have been like oh my god please eat it <laughs> I know but I was just too inexperienced so that was something that I immediately learned so I started putting that in contracts after that but um and right. I also the other funny thing about that was it was a she had just converted to become Mormon so he was Mormon okay. and so the wedding they started out at the Mormon temple but because I'm because I'm not Mormon I wasn't allowed to actually shoot like I wasn't allowed in the Mormon temple, so I couldn't actually go in to shoot the actual the marriage. But luckily, well, they that's an interesting first lesson <laughs> to learn. No, and they knew that. So the because she had converted, her family was not Mormon, so they couldn't be there either. So they had another wow. kind of like I guess symbolic ceremony that they did out on the water in Chicago. So I shot that, and that was kind of like what they wanted the photos of. But it was really funny that I wasn't allowed to shoot the pictures of the wedding that I was there to yeah. shoot. <laughs> so, so I've actually I've never shot a Mormon ceremony, so I wouldn't have known that. Yeah, because you're not allowed to. That. So I think that's <laughs> good for people listening. Yeah, if they don't know that, and I'm that might apply for other religious ceremonies too. Yeah. So essentially, you started out thinking you were going to be a creative director, and went to school kind of on that track of mind, and then you took the initiative to take these classes on the weekends that you were loving and really passionate about and then people just asked you if you could photograph them and their families and essentially a wedding and you were doing you know your business full-time with Jeff and a friend and then you were doing your apprenticeship on the weekends for pennies (laughs) but invaluable priceless education and then you were hired to do your first wedding 
Yep. And which you didn't eat at. <laughs> which I didn't eat at. Yeah. And then I was trying to remember what kind of happened from there. I think so that was the same year that I got married. I, I, the rest of the year I finished out, I've probably, I can't remember how many weddings I photographed for him, but it was pretty much every weekend. We did a lot of weddings. So it was just like thrown on in and, you know, like tons mm-hmm. of weddings. I learned so much about scheduling. It's, it's something I can't imagine yeah. having shot my own weddings without having worked under somebody. But I only, one thing I right. think I would have done is maybe work under a couple of people um, which I did make a point to do later. Like I would, even after I started shooting my own weddings, I would go back and help people out here and there. Like I'd second shot or I'd exchange second shooting where someone would shoot with me and then I'd shoot with them. And I think that's a really good idea because people are so different. Like the way he did it was so different from the way other Mm -hmm. people do it. And I've kind of taken all the things and created my own, you know, approach and and style. Right. Mm -hmm. But from there, I, what did I do? So I shot with him. And then I was, after I got married at the end of 2010, I, we decided kind of last minute to move back to Michigan. I think we might've been kind of thinking about it, but we just decided. So what I did to kind of like, oh, cause you were in Chicago. Cause we were in Chicago. So okay. the way that I kind of like took my business and say to the next level was of course I launched, well, okay. I had had a, I had a different brand cause I wasn't married. That was the whole issue. Like I started before I was married and I wanted to be Ali Ciardo, but I wasn't Ali Ciardo yet. So I called it like Ave Photo, which was kind of, I don't know, stupid, like hard to spell and hard to say. So I converted <laughs> everything. As soon as I got married, I converted it to Ali Ciardo, updated the website. And I actually started, I kind of started investing, I think my money from shooting those weddings, I started investing in advertising on the knot. Okay. So you were taking what you were making from these weddings that essentially you became his second photographer, right? Well, no, the funny thing is the whole season he always had, he always had at least two people. So I was always just like one of the two people, but I would say. he started to pay you a little more? Uh, no, <laughs> it was only one. Oh, season. you never made any more money. I know. Oh, I never okay. made any more. Um, it was not highly paid. And I, you, he had people who had worked for him for years. So to even like work up to be his kind of like, I'd say main other person, you probably had to work mm-hmm. with him for at least a couple of seasons. Like, yeah. These okay. Were, so, but these people were spending a lot of money <laughs> to have him there. So he did not want somebody like, I mean, you really had to be experienced with him. He had a, like a pretty dedicated right. team. So he and was he's still around in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's still there. So, um, okay. so I started advertising. So all that money you were taking. Yeah. I started advertising, advertising the knot. Mm-hmm, on the knot and I had shot like a friend's wedding for, you know, I was basically in the wedding the year before and I had taken the pictures and they were like nothing that I would ever show now. But I had a couple that were worth kind of putting into a portfolio. And I had done some of these family pictures for people who I had worked with in in the PR agency. So I ordered my first kind of album, like sample album, but the album only had like, oh, I think it had pictures from the Chicago wedding that I had done on my own. Oh, the other thing was when I was second shooting, I didn't have the right to use any of the pictures. So, which was kind of a bummer. I felt like I had taken these like really great pictures, but it was because of the way the contract worked. And again, it was like kind of a mentorship thing. So it worked out okay, but Mm -hmm. I couldn't use, you know, 10 to 20 weddings I couldn't use. So I had this one wedding I had shot on my own that I could like actually use. And I put it into this album and I had this one ring shot that I had taken that was like 
a really cool ring shot that had this really great, I don't know, like it was like on this curtain at Carnival and it just had like great color and I don't know. It was very, it was a very cool shot that I'm still proud of. And I actually think that shot was like the reason I booked my next few weddings because I put it in this wow, album that's awesome. and I started advertising on the knot because I, in Michigan and Chicago. So I actually, it's, it was an interesting lesson with the knot because Chicago is so much, it's, they're such different markets that I got a couple yeah. weddings in Chicago, but really it worked better in Michigan. So I was like, oh, I'll just go back to Michigan and shoot these weddings. But then I ended up moving there. So I showed this album to people and I was like, oh, look at this great work. And I was charging, I can't remember what I was charging. I mean, I was probably only charging like $1,200 for the first few weddings that mm-hmm. I did because again, I just didn't have anything to show. And so that felt about right. And I can't remember how I decided on the pricing to start, it just like seemed right. So I booked the weddings, did some in Chicago where I actually had to travel back, some in Michigan. And from there, it was really kind of just that organic growth, I think, where I, it was a combination of referrals. I really worked on, I would blog everything with the location. So when people would like look up pictures, there's still this wedding that I did in Chicago at St. Ignatius School. It's a school in Chicago. And actually, that was a referral from a girl I had worked with in PR. So that was, again, it was like still this great source for a really long time. That company was like this great source of clients. But I blogged it and I put the name of the school, like of the wedding venue in the wedding. It was a beautiful wedding. And so I still come up really high on search for that. And I still get inquiries for that location. So I just kind of made a point, like every location that I would photograph, I would blog it and I would put the location in, in the name. And so people who are specifically looking for pictures in those locations will find me. Um, and now I've gone to a point where I I do like focus on getting published and getting links into my website. So I, I think I come up first or second for wedding photography in my area. So I get a lot of just like a lot of people who find me on search. So it just grew from there. Um, and I got to a point in what year? 2012. I shot, so this was, remember, keep in mind, this is part-time. So I shot, I think, 17 weddings in 2012 and um, some full-time people would kill for 17 weddings right so I but it totally (laughs) it totally burned me out so I had 17 weddings and I think it was like one of the better years like we were I guess probably approaching like half a million dollars in income in our other company and we had like like not a huge not huge staff but like you know maybe three people on staff plus us um and we were going through this like potential acquisition where one of our clients wanted to acquire our company. And so I was really just focused on that at the time. So I was completely burnt out. And I said, you know, okay, so it looks like... I remember this because we had met in 2011. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like the next year. So I, Mm -hmm. because I was so focused on this acquisition, I pretty much said, I'm going to say no to like every... Because I didn't know what was going to happen. It was going to be one of those things where they were going to acquire our company and then I was going to go work for the other company. So... I was like, I can't be this busy and also now be a full-time employee for this other company where my time is no longer my own. So I started saying no to everything. I just started saying, nope, I'm not available. And I started referring out every single wedding for 2013, like for the coming year. And then this is like a way other story, like longer story for another day. But ultimately, we decided not, (laughs) like at the, you know, last minute, we decided not to sell our company. And so we okay. like 
went on this whole and it was because of this guy we had met in DC who kind of was like I can tell you don't really want to like I can tell you like having your control of your life and your freedom and so we went on a trip back to visit this guy in DC and he was like you should move to DC and we're like okay so we moved to DC for like eight or nine months just kind of like on a whim and just because we could so it all worked out actually because I couldn't have done that if I was shooting weddings in 2013 um, but, right. But while I was there, so I, I really just took a break and focused on the other business. And while I was there, I got a couple of phone calls from people. So I was saying, nope, 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 like not available, not doing that. I was like, I like basically told people, I was like, I'm retired. <laughs> I'm retired from photography. <laughs> and then I got this call from this mom of a bride. And she just had this excitement in her voice where she called and she goes, is this Ali Ciarto? And I was like, yes. And she was like, are you available? Oh my gosh, are you available on like whatever, September, whatever? And it was after I was going to move back. And I was like, I couldn't say no for some reason because she was so excited. And I was like, yes. <laughs> and she goes, we'll take you. you. Like She screamed like, we'll take you. <laughs> and she like wanted to book on the spot and her enthusiasm just got me back into this excitement. So I ended up booking just a like a couple of weddings that fall, and actually I was pregnant with my daughter Zelda that fall. So I shot two wed I hadn't shot all year, and then I shot two weddings like seven months pregnant, and then got into like all these portrait sessions that I kept telling myself I'm not going to do any more after this date. And then another inquiry would come in, and I'd be like, okay, I'll do one more. <laughs> I'm not going to do any more. So I like basically photograph weddings up until a couple weeks before or not sorry weddings but like portraits at that point up until a couple weeks before she was born and it just got me hooked again and I I think then so I really hadn't been marketing for 2014 until the fall when I was like oh maybe I do like to do this um and maybe this is like actually what I want to do so um I had, I, so we still were running the company full time, but it was kind of getting to a point where I was having a daughter and I was burning out from the other company. And, you know, because we had decided not to sell to our partner company, we knew that like that relationship couldn't last forever. And we all just kind of wanted to move on and just refer everything out there and like shrink it way down. So that company's still around and I do like the occasional consulting work for it. But really I had this big mind switch where I was like, okay, you know what? Like photography is what I'm going to focus on. Um, one of the reasons I kind of tell the story, like one of the things that happened was that made me realize that I had more of a passion for photography was I photographed a wedding. And this is probably like 2012 for a couple and the bride's father found out that he had terminal cancer. And so they had to move uh -huh. their wedding date up because they mm -hmm. didn't know if he'd be able to come if it was later. Right. And so the wedding was just, it was like such an emotional, but like happy, but emotional day. And, you know, during the daddy daughter dance, like we're all crying. I'm crying behind my camera. Everybody's just having this like uh -huh. moment. And so I delivered the pictures and he did end up passing away like two weeks or a week before she would have been married. So oh, wow. to me, it was kind of like, to me, what I was creating was lasting right? and it just meant so right. much more where with the other company, everything I was creating was fleeting. Like everything became irrelevant within a couple of months. It was just all the now right. and like making money now for this quarter. And it was just completely fleeting. So I think it was like, um, <laughs> just like I get more satisfaction and the feedback that I would get from real people where they're like oh my gosh this made me cry or this made me so happy 
where from my other clients, you know, they'd be like, thank you, like, you know, professional, but they wasn't like, it wasn't like they were so moved by what I was doing or touched by what I was doing. So I just found more meaning in photography than I had found in anything else. And I decided that this needed to be my career. So yeah, so then I started focusing on that. And it's just been like blowing up. I just, I'm I like, sometimes I still think, you know, it's so easy to compare yourself to other people. And there's always going to be somebody who's more successful. And I'm always striving to be the next person, that person. But I was just looking and I was like, Oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm really actually doing a lot. Like I need to take a step back and be proud of what I've accomplished, because I'm, I'm having definitely my best year this year. So Oh, wow. So, so that's where I am today. <laughs> weddings and newborn sessions and yeah, family sessions. Yeah, weddings are still my main focus. And I, um, I do some families. I don't do very many families, but I do some families. And then I do mm-hmm. a, just a handful of, I've started doing a little bit with newborns where I think it was because, you know, yeah, I'm a mom now and I photographed my own daughter and I like took terrible p- newborn pictures of her because I didn't know what I was doing because I was like a wedding photographer trying mm-hmm. to be a newborn photographer. Um, and my friend who had these beautiful newborn pictures taken of her daughter was like, uh, <laughs> you should take this workshop. And she sent me a link and I hadn't really thought I would, I didn't really think I wanted to do anything with newborns, but I was kind of like challenge accepted. <laughs> so I ended up yeah. taking this workshop and it, it is, it's just kind of like, I think I thrive on the challenge of it because I feel really mm-hmm. confident when it comes to weddings and I felt like clueless when it came to newborns. So going through that and actually seeing the improvement and and having like being able to be successful at it which to me is like getting a baby to sleep and getting them into the poses and getting these pictures that I like the vision that I have in my head so I've done a little bit with that but I mostly market weddings that's my main focus um yeah and I get a little bit of editorial work where people will just find me like agencies will find me from out of town and they'll need something local, but it's usually like quick stuff. It's not like these huge commercial shoots. It's just kind of like quick editorial work um, where they need like a simple portrait of somebody in a natural environment or whatever it might be. So, and then families, I actually, after being in Chicago, when I didn't have kids, I didn't want, I photographed families there. And I was like, I don't want to photograph families. I was like, I don't get kids. And so I didn't for a long time. And then I had my own, and it was kind of, I think, just natural, like having your own kid, taking pictures of her and sharing those. And so I started to get more inquiries from families. But because I don't really market it, um, I wouldn't say that I'm like the premier family photographer in the area. Um, I'll just, right. you know, it's really a handful. It's not my main focus at all. That makes sense because I've done family shoots and people ask me if I do them. And I say, it depends who's asking me, if it's a yeah. friend or if it's somebody I know. But I say, I do them. I don't post them. And I do them very limited. Like, depends who's asking because um, it needs to be a good fit. But right. I think that the point about newborn photography is really valid because if you're not a photographer, you don't realize what a challenge newborn photography is. Seems so easy. You put the baby down, the baby's sleeping, (laughs) snap a few photos, you're done. But it's actually harder than working with kids and and adults you can speak to because they don't listen. Yeah, Um, exactly. They're newborn. Exactly. (laughs) I think that's interesting. And I kind of struggle a little bit because I think the thing is, I 
I really like, I really do love weddings and I love working with couples and like that's totally my bread and butter. Um, but fan, those things happen on the weekends and in the evenings typically. So it's a little bit harder balancing with family and I, we make it work. But I think like newborns are appealing because you can do them during the day and they're anytime. Right. But at the same time, I look at right. like, actually my most popular package that I book, you know, I have like, I book so many mini sessions that are only half an hour. So I can go out and shoot like this half hour session with adults or sometimes with children included, but I, and be like, okay, we're going to go here. Boom, 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 like knock it out. And I'm done in half an hour. And I have a great set of photos to give to them. And then a newborn, it's like, right. it could be four hours and I could have like five pictures, you know, like you just don't oh, know what uh, you're going to yeah, get. Yeah, I totally agree. So in terms of time and, and figuring out like, okay, so I can charge like the same amount and be done in an hour or a half hour and that right. I can do for a newborn and be done in four hours. The difference is, of course, it's like during the day versus in the evening. But I've arranged my schedule a little bit differently anyway. So I, we do, we have daycare three days a week. And then I'm home Tuesdays and Fridays because I'm shooting a lot of, sometimes Friday, sometimes I shoot Friday weddings, but I'm shooting a lot of Saturdays and some Sundays. So I make a point to just be home during the week. So I still get to, I'm not like working every day and then working on the weekend. So I take time. So I kind of have this like weird mix where I hang out with other moms a lot during the week, like on Tuesdays and Fridays, Mm -hmm. I'm always out hanging out with other people and just relaxing and kind of having a good time and like doing all the little mom things, like taking my daughter to gymnastics or music class or I don't know, the museum or the splash pad and then, you know, flipping during the week. So you, you find ways to make it work, but um, the scheduling thing is still like some days I'm like, ah, you know, it'd be great to just do it, do it during the day. But at the same time, every time I go to a wedding, I'm like, oh, but I love it. <laughs> it's just fun. Right. So I right. Like, and I it's like important that. not to lose what's important as an individual to be a better wife and a better mom and an inspiration, yeah. you know, all around to even your friends. But, you know, something that you had mentioned that I really love about you is that you do accept challenges and you welcome them into your life and it's important to you and it keeps you, you know, thriving for more. And um, I love that you just do things with your whole heart and like kind of when you weren't feeling photography at the time. And I also think it's significant um, that you, you didn't, you didn't really necessarily tell people you weren't doing it anymore. Um, you know, you mentioned like a year and a half later and you were like, yeah, I don't know if I'm doing it. But I think the truth is like you never said I'm not doing running photography anymore. You don't have to tell people you're not doing it anymore. You can simply say I'm unavailable um, because that's true. You're unavailable. Yeah. And And I tell people people that mm -hmm. because I've had people ask where they're like, I think I'm just going to stop. And I was like, don't make an announcement. Just it's a great right. opportunity for you to refer. If you're still getting inquiries, it feels so good to be able to refer those people to people who you like yeah. and know. And then, you know, if you ever come back to it, they'll return the favor. There's another guy in our area who is on, a, I think, a mission. I don't know how long he's gone, maybe a year with his whole family. And mm-hmm. he refers he refers weddings to me while he's gone. And I think it's awesome. You know, he doesn't say, like, I'm done forever. He's just not available right now. So, yeah. Right, exactly. And it's true. Well, and I also think part of not burning out is making a point, and I'm not always good at this, but making a point to block off 
certain weekends for things like family vacation, <laughs> like pre-block. Right, right. I always block off the 4th of July. You will never be able to book me the week of the 4th of July because we have traditions that week. And, you know, this year I blocked off. We have like a family reunion. So you have to make a point to give yourself some breaks. And it's really hard to say no when you get a ton of inquiries because August 1st is like the most popular date ever. But you have to, or whatever that date is, you have to stay strong and like give that gift to yourself. Right. And I think setting boundaries is healthy and we're all guilty of perhaps not doing it hours, even if they work from home and it's in their email signature. And if you email them after 8 p.m., well, you're not going to get an answer until tomorrow because they're with your family. So I, I really think that that's a fair point. And, you know, setting that for yourself, that makes you a better person, you know, particularly July 4th, like you said, because that's really important to your family. But that's good to know. Anybody who's listening who wants to book Allie for July 4th weekend, it's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and that, okay, I have to, I have to say, I think you just, you just cut out for a second and then Skype like sped you up to make it catch up. So you sounded like you were talking really fast. <laughs> so for those <laughs> listening, she wasn't really talking that fast. That was Skype like speeding your voice up. <laughs> so oh, like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> well, hopefully it doesn't do that again. But, you know, I think that's something I was interested in asking you for this interview was just to talk a little bit and, you know, you have, you have already, but um, moments that you really needed to evaluate your work-life balance or because I think a lot of people that are photographers and are trying to seriously do it full time, but can't yet are um, experiencing multiple careers and um, whether that's photography and marketing or photography and graphic design or whatever their day job is, so to speak, until they can do photography full time. Not only was that significant in your life, but you were running a business. Right. So I think the work-life balance and you were being a great girlfriend long distance and then a fiance and then a wife. And then you guys have made decisions surrounding it, which I know is a separate story because I know you guys went and traveled a bit after that too, mm-hmm. um, which you had the most amazing birth or pregnancy announcement. <laughs> but, All the video. <laughs> um, I think when you were in France. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. But, we, we did a little, like, yeah. I don't know if you call it baby. We went to, we went to Europe for a few weeks. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, but you know, just to talk a little bit about what it's meant to you to be able to balance all that. And if it's been difficult at times, or you just feel like it maybe all fell into place as it should. I think it eventually fell into place. And obviously, like I said, that 2012 was probably the peak of being over busy because I was basically like full-time in photography and then more than full-time in my other business. And I like was always working. I mean, I was working morning to night. I was working weekends and that was, that was too much. And I think having a kid put things in perspective where I said, I don't want to be working. Obviously I can't work that much. I want to spend time with her. I want to make a point to block off time during the week with her because I'm going to be gone on these weekends. So it's, it's such a challenge though. And I totally feel, you know, I totally feel everybody who's going through that transition where you're trying to decide if you can go full time because you have to, you almost have to get to that point where you're working like crazy, where you're working the full time job mm-hmm. and then you're working the other job. And I mean, ideally if you can, like 
you can find some kind of balance with freelance projects where you can work part-time. And that was the other thing. This is a total side tangent, but when we started our company, we were looking to hire someone part-time to start because we didn't have budget yet for full-time. And I remember thinking, we are never going to find somebody who only wants to work part-time. Everybody wants to work full-time because that's what I wanted. Isn't that what everybody wants? And I truly just like the idea of someone wanting to work part-time to me was just, it didn't even it didn't even cross my mind. I was like, there's no, no, we're not going to find anyone. And we ended up getting over a hundred applications and every single mm-hmm. person had a reason. Like they were going back to school and wanted to work part-time or they, the person we ended up hiring had another part-time job that was flexible hours. And she put the two together to create one full-time job. Um, mm-hmm. but, but everyone had a story. And so there are actually, there are opportunities out there for people if they want to just work part-time, even in, great career oriented jobs that aren't just like, you know, hourly, whatever. Starbucks or yeah, right. like there are mm-hmm. really good jobs out there where you can actually work part time or you can find freelance to fill in the gaps. So it's not easy. Like you have to work to find it, but it is something that's possible. And I think that it exists. I think that that would be like, if I was going to say this is the ideal way to do it, that's probably what I would say is you're ramping up because I didn't like, I didn't go from, you know, like starting out to having full-time bookings overnight. It definitely took a few years. I wouldn't have been able to just jump right in. Um, I do really feel like in the last two years when I've been focused on it, like that's when I've actually made a full-time salary shooting weddings and portraits. So did you ever have an interest to do photography while you were living in D.C.? Or did you just travel abroad to to France or did you live there for a little? I can't remember if it was a vacation or... (laughs) That was just vacation. Live there for a little. No, that was just vacation while we were in... So we were in D.C. uh, And I... I had my camera, but I really didn't pursue it. Like, I actually, I kind of regret that a little bit. I wish that I would have networked more with the local photography community because I actually think that, Mm -hmm. like, it's such a good net. We talked about this in your interview, but they end up making such good friends. They just do because you have things in common. And I think I would have had a really good time getting to know that community. But I really Mm -hmm. did. I mean, I was, like, not, I was not focused at the time on photography at all. I was really focused on um, the other side of things and the other business and just kind of like keeping things afloat <laughs> on that side. So I would shoot for fun and it was kind of nice cause I, it did put the art back into the photography where I would go out and take pictures and Jeff always encouraged me. I love taking pictures of people. Like if I could just shoot people, that's, that's what I want to do. So right. Jeff would be like, why don't you take your camera out and go photograph like, you know, the monuments or the, the landscape right. or the cherry blossoms or whatever. And I was like, eh, you know, whatever. But he made me do it. And it was actually really good, just creative exercise. And we got into other artsy things. Like we did screen printing class and we did some different things. So it was, it was a cool kind of like, I don't know, creative reawakening, like a like a reboot. It was yeah. kind of our, our reboot year. So I felt like I came right. back and I was just ready to go and really felt like I was back on my game when I got back. Like I it, was no longer. It really out. did re-energize you. Like I know it did. Yeah. And it was, it, I feel like even looking back, it was necessary for you. Mm-hmm. That's what you needed. Whether or not you knew it, that that was exactly what the doctor ordered kind of thing. Yeah. You needed it. Yeah. And it worked out perfectly. I mean, it was such a cool experience to be in DC. I can't imagine that year any other way. 
And I think to really live it out, and we did a ton of traveling that year, you know, we were all over the place. Like, yeah, so that was when we went to Europe, Mexico, and around, all around the United States. And we couldn't have done that if I was like, if I had weddings every weekend, we just couldn't have done right. it. So, you know, sometimes I think it's okay. And I might, hey, I'm not going to say that I won't do it again. Like there might be a year where I just say, I'm going to take off, let's say half the summer and go, I don't know if, if Jeff had his way, like sail around the world or something, <laughs> maybe not, but right, right. I mean, it might happen. I think that like, you have to kind of leave your mind open to the possibility that if you can be financially responsible and you can afford to do it without debt, like if you have the savings and you've planned it, then it's okay to reboot a little bit. Right. And you just block off those dates in your life and say, I will not book anything these dates. And like you said, it could be six months, it could be three months, whatever it is. Yeah. Well, and then the other thing is like naturally photography, especially in Michigan is very seasonal. So in the winter, Mm -hmm. I'll still do some work, but it's way like this next week I have shoots almost every day because it's spring. But if you're right, looking at me in, in January, right. <laughs> like in January, right, I'm just going to be, <laughs> uh, hopefully, I don't know, just enjoying my time. Like I could, I, it's just a whole different story. So yeah, wedding photography is just so interesting because it's, it's a really seasonal thing. Like I really work, I, I work really hard. I work part time, I would say overall, like if you averaged out all of my hours across all of my days and included winter, I definitely work part time because I take a lot of winter, like I don't do as much in the winter and I kind of focus on the business and like do like marketing things and stuff like that. And I'm still meeting with clients. I'm doing a lot of my booking, like most of my booking in our area happens between like November and March, which is a little bit late. It's for the next year. So I'm doing a lot of meeting with clients. So I'm not completely off, but if you average it out, I'm definitely part-time, but in the summer, like (laughs) it's busy. It's so busy. So it just kind of evens out and it's a lifestyle that I like at this point, but, um, you know, it's not for everybody. But I think a really good lesson also just to kind of bring it full circle to something you said earlier is, um, you've done things to make your business work for you. So when you're not working, it's still working. Um, such as SEO, on your images and just naming them appropriately and putting in the extra effort to spend a little more time doing those things behind the scenes. So even years later, people are finding you from that one image at that one venue that you had appropriately named. Yeah. And I think there are also things that you learn over the years, just like about running a a business more efficiently. So this year I signed up for 17 hats, which has made my life yes, a million me times, too. A million times Plugging easier. 17 hats. <laughs> uh, no, and I will. Like, I'll plug them because I don't even know how. I, I used to just use spreadsheets, and now it's so much easier to keep track. You know, everybody has their own place. It's all online. I can get to it any time. So I love that. That's helped me a lot. Um, and you know what else? I don't even know if this exists anymore, but like years ago, I ordered this book from Millie Holloman. I should ask. I should get her on too. Um, Millie oh, Holloman. Millie's local, actually, North Carolina. Oh, yeah. Well, if you meet her, tell her she should be on the podcast. <laughs> so she yeah, put together a little thing called the Get It Together Kit. And I really don't know if she sells it anymore, but it was such a great – it was a book, I think, in a DVD – And it had all the stuff about like getting your business together and being organized and how to organize clients and putting everything just, it was so amazing. And so that I'll have to look, I'll look and see if it's around, I'll put it in the show notes, but um, she really helped me get my stuff together in the early days. Yeah. And you're doing that with other people now with your interview. 
<laughs> Hopefully, your energy right? experience. Hopefully. It's true. Yeah. Um, well, is there any closing thoughts you would like to kind of wrap it up? I know that you had asked me what my um, my one piece of advice would be. Um, so I don't know if you have something in mind or, you know, if it was like the Real Housewives, what your tagline would be. But. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because I ask everybody that and I don't know if I have anything like right on the top of my head. This could be a good thing. You know, you started this web series and this podcast series. So um, maybe as a closer, just what inspired you to start it and what do you hope that people get from this? Okay, I'll, do, I'll answer both because I feel like it's a cop out if I don't answer the, my own question that I that I ask everybody. So the, po- okay. the podcast <laughs> the podcast is kind of a long story. It actually goes way back. I started a podcast in college called The Creative Career and I still leave it up, but I stopped doing it. Um, and it grew to like over 100,000 listeners over the years. Wow. And it actually led me to get my first job in PR and, you know, had this just like, and it was, mm-hmm. I had no intentions with it. I was just selfishly using it to hear people's stories and connect with other people. And it actually just became this kind of took on its life, a life of its own. And it was such a cool experience. And I ended up stopping it because I got so busy, of course, shooting 17 weddings and running a company and doing all these things that I didn't have time for it anymore. But I had just, I loved what I got out of it. Like for me, it's just so personal. I think it's really amazing when other people discover it and um, find the advice as useful, just like as useful as I was finding things. And so for me, it's just kind of one part, like staying in tune with other people. And I think I still get ideas from people. I just love the connections of it. And I also love getting the feedback where people are like, hey, I'm getting something out of this too. So it's kind of addicting. Like when you do it for a while, you're like, I just love, you know, I just love like putting putting something out there that people can take and use however they want. That's like completely, it's really just kind of this unselfish thing, but it's fun. It's community building. That's why I do it. Um, and then general advice, I think kind of does go back to thinking about the business. I think that a lot of people... Do, I mean, people have probably said this before, but people do it because they get into photography. A lot of times they stumble across it by accident. They don't necessarily ever intend to make it a business. And then one day they're like, oh, I could make money for that from this. Right. Um, so I think mm-hmm. like finding a mentor or like I said, the apprenticeship kind of approach is important, not just from the technical side, which is very important, but also from the business side. So being a part of you know, meeting other photographers and just even when it comes to pricing, which is such a big topic, I don't like, I would not be afraid to share my pricing with other local photographers because I really think that I'd rather have us all work together and have like strong right. um, mm-hmm. pricing that Lift is more aligned. Up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rather than yeah. somebody just coming in and being like, well, I don't know, like, what am I going to charge? So I think it's good for everybody to work together on that. Yeah, and immersing yourself in the community, which you have done wherever you have lived, except for when you were taking a break, which is totally (laughs) fine. But, you know, you just jump right back into it. And like you said, even today, you'd be willing to share that information. Yep. And I have, I think I've said this before too, but I have a couple of local photographers and we get together for like coffee and breakfast and we've just started doing it, but we're trying to kind of do it monthly and we'll send notes back and forth when we have questions. And it's just so cool because we can, we can be really honest with each other about everything from like, okay, how is this going for you with marketing to, you know, what's like, 
how are you doing this? How are you doing this? And then we can also refer weddings to each other because you can only book one wedding a day. So we refer things right. out to each other and it's an awesome relationship. And then to call that out, if anybody's listening and doesn't have that in their city, do it. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, I think this is a great place to end things, even though, like you said to me, and I will honestly say it back, I could spend hours asking you about your life and everything going on. But I think it was a great interview and so awesome to hear about how you kind of got to the place that you are. And you, I know, will continue to inspire others and pay it forward. Thanks, Mikkel. I feel like we could just like have the Mikkel and Allie podcast and do this every week, but it's fun. It's been really fun. Maybe we will one day. (laughs) Maybe one day. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you. It's fun to be on this side. Next week on the podcast, Jonathan Canlis exclusively shoots film and he's really good at it. I think it makes me more aware as a photographer. I'm definitely always aware of what's inside my frame, what's going on inside my frame. And I'm, I think I'm thinking a lot more than if I was shooting digital. I mean, I've even experienced this. You put a digital camera in my hand and like all my discipline goes out the window.